Hello and welcome to Cruise and Four Reviewsin, the podcast where I get a friend to watch a Tom Cruise movie they've never seen before and then review it with me. I'm your host, Cara Westworth, and I am rejoined again by my sister Erin. Hello. Okay, Erin, we are up to part two of Mission Impossible. Yeah, so if you missed out last week, you probably want to give it a listen because we go through the whole first half of the movie. This part's the most exciting bit because we this get to is where the... the This is where the fun begins oh, in the movie. Oh, boy. <laughs> Still listen to the first part because we aren't kind to the movie. We're kinder than I thought we would be, but you know. So yeah, basically where we left off, Ambrose, the bad guy in this movie, has found out that the woman that he loves, who we knew was betraying him, Naya, she is betraying him even more so because she's also in love with Ethan Hunt, who he used to work with and Kali does not like. Yeah, that's where we left off. So we will kick off with the scene where McCloy, who is the head uh, head of Biosite. He is in his limousine, being a big fancy rich man. Uh, he's just had a meeting with Ambrose talking about uh, something to do with money. I kind of missed that a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't that important, I don't think. Oh, meanwhile, it's the most important bit. <laughs> but he's in his limo. For some reason, he's... Yeah, no, talking- no, he was smoking his cigar in the back. Yeah. And then he tried to... He was making a face like it didn't taste right. He tried to open the window and all the windows were locked. Yeah. And he was calling out to the driver and the driver just wasn't turning around. Yeah, was just ignoring him. And he's like getting a bit flustered. So he looks at the newspaper and there's a newspaper and it's basically... It's a newspaper from the future saying that he died from mysterious flu-like symptoms. And he's like, wait a minute. So he's like knocking on the like window. Like separator. The, yeah. And the limo driver keeps ignoring him and then the limo driver just puts on the air conditioning and all this gas comes into the limo <laughs> and he's like, oh. And, <laughs> and then passes out. Yeah. At first you think like, oh, he's they've killed him. Like Ambrose has killed him. But when he wakes up in hospital, like he's all strapped up to things um, and he's like coming in out of like being unconscious. And you see old scientist mate from the beginning of the film who, mm. you know, we thought had died. He walks in and is all like, you infected my scientist friend and you're a bad businessman and you've done all these things and you're the reason why all this stuff happened. He's like, you're meant to be dead. And he's like, well, I'm not. So I remember watching it this time. I'm like, I thought he died. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he was in on it. Don't worry, Cara. That's answered really soon. Yeah, he's like confronting him. And so McCloy is like admits, okay, well, basically, why you're making this special antivirus that was designed to stop all flu viruses, which would help us right now with the coronavirus, yes, I guess, wouldn't it? it? Would. But they, to do so, they had to create like a super strain of the flu, like all the different flu strains all in one. So, yeah, you couldn't invent the antivirus without creating the bad version. Mm. So, old McCloy's like, well, we've got to like make money somehow. So, like we I'm in the to... business of making money. I'll easily admit that. Yeah. So, he admits like he infected the other scientist to prove how bad it was so that there would be more demand for the antivirus. It's like, why don't you cue me? And he's like, I don't know. He basically says he won't and walks away while old mate passes out again. But of course, as the old scientist mate walks out, he reveals of a mask. <laughs> Turns out it's Ethan Hunt. So, who would have known? <laughs> just masks everywhere. Like, how do they have, hang on, how do they have a mask of this old scientist guy. I know. I just think of where do they store these masks as well. Like we did, we did discuss this in uh, the last podcast about Mission Impossible. Like, does Ethan Hunt just have a bag of masks for every person he's ever met? Yeah, and like, like he's like, oh, "Hi, I'm Ethan Hunt. I'm just gonna scan you and yeah. put this here <laughs> just in case." But also the voice thing on their neck, like it's a voice changer on their yeah. neck. Like I don't, they never explain that, uh, which is why I think they don't use masks as much. 
in later movies, just like for a few key things, because it, there's too many questions. There's just too many questions yeah. about where these masks come from. Is he like just put him in his backpack and then they're all like stuck together? <laughs> he has to like peel, <laughs> like peel them apart, <laughs> and then he uses the wrong like voice changer. Old scientist mate, and it's like <laughs> Thandie Newton's voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Yeah, basically, he's now definitely knows what these viruses are and what why they exist and what the impact is going to be. And McCloy is okay. They put him back in his limo, and he kind of is like, "Oh, was that just a dream?" And old Aussie mates, and old Aussie driving. mates, the driver is like, "Oh, where's my usual driver?" And he's like, "Oh, you know, had to go home sick, got a touch of the flu <laughs> on the nose." Yeah. So now they um, have the confession. They have. All the information they need, and what's that? Naya has no reason to be in the um, in with Ambrose anymore. But little does Ethan know that he's been duped, and now poor old Naya is stuck with Ambrose. So now they've got to work out what they're going to do with this about this virus. So basically, they because they know that the scientists had the antivirus on him, but in him was was the actual chimera virus they know that the only instances of the original virus still kicking about are going to be in the biosite building and basically they need to destroy them because if there's no demand there'll be no need for the antivirus yeah that's where we get or mission impossibly they have to get into this building and it's very it's kind of well done but not well done at the same time so while ethan's trying to work out how he's going to get into this building ambrose has worked closely with ethan it's like all this exposition explaining what ethan's going to do because he knows ethan so well he's like he's no way he's going to go through the security downstairs because he doesn't want to hurt any security guards he's going to try and go for the roof and then they work out there's this special way the like the air vents at the top yeah, like they open through the day and they close at night time and there's and 40 seconds they can only be if they open for more than 40 seconds the alarm will go off that even luther can't turn off so he has 40 seconds to get all the way down all like I don't know, 100 floors or something and then get down safely and then fling up the cord he's on in the 40 seconds otherwise the alarms go off so and meanwhile Ambrose, while he's relaying what he thinks Ethan's going to do, which is exactly what Ethan's going to do. Ambrose is like, well, while that's happening, we'll just go down the bottom and kill the security guards because I don't care. (laughs) Yep, so we get to see them do the whole uh, lowering him down. So, like... He's in a helicopter with, oh, luckily Billy's there with his helicopter and like he lowers himself down and Luther's like in a van down on the ground. Melly's like, not yet, not yet, Ethan, not yet. And Ethan's like, yeet, yeet, YOLO. (laughs) Straight down that fucking thing. It's like, yeets himself up the (laughs) helicopter. He's like, no, wait, I haven't opened the little vents yet. And they just opened just in time. Like, Ethan, come on. Like, you were only going to die if. uh." Like, they're so mean to him. Like, he tries so hard. And then it's like, you're terrible. Taking too Who long. Like gun? Act like it's 2020, not it's 2000. He's like, it's only 2000. I'm doing my best. <laughs> so he gets in and like there's someone in the laboratory. So he does almost like the Mission Impossible kind of drop. one drop down and like he does like this big flip. And like not even Tom Cruise has mu- tummy muscles that strong to flip around like he does. And yeah, he manages to get down and they're like, you only got 10 seconds to get that cord back up. So he finally gets down. There's a, the lightest landing I've ever seen in my life. It's like a little ballerina doing a flip. <laughs> Yeah, the flings the cord up, gets out just in time in true Mission Impossible style. Yeah, he now he's in the lab. So another little, uh, you know, can't have everything running smooth.
smoothly in the little spanner for the works is that when the generators must come on intermittently and when they come on they can't communicate with each other so Luther's like okay just a friendly reminder the it's going to be like eight minutes where we'll have absolutely no contact yep, but so. they also need that time when the generators go on because between this big shaft is just gone down and the actual laboratory is like a big round glass plate and when the generators go on he can cut a big hole in there and actually jump in yeah so yeah he needs it he needs that time so it's all very risky but all very necessary as per usual so he uses his cool laser cutter to go and cut around and then he like drops in again like a ballerina very all very dainty like just oh. as he yeah just as he's jumped in they realize that naya is in the building yes yeah, so naya with her tracking device in her terrible terrible fake tattoo uh she's in the building and they're like well if she's in the building guess who probably is with her and but they they can't tell ethan that he's you know ambrose is on the way and he's especially can't tell him that you know naya's there with him so they're panicking about that and they have to wait the full eight minutes so meanwhile ethan's gone in he's started killing all the com- examples of chimera like there's ones in petri dishes that he sizzles up much of the computer's disgust <laughs> you have destroyed the evidence <laughs> or whatever it is. temperature is too hot unstable very unstable stop stop what you're doing <laughs> stop it <laughs> Uh, just, but then there's a few more examples and luckily they're kept in very ha- very handsome silver guns and like he's mm. got his hands and those weird glove things and his, so he's like shoots one and then I don't know why but like it cuts to him thinking about this, his scientist mate and like he's shooting himself and like Ethan's looking all wistful thinking like shaking his head I'm like why do we we know what, we know this happened we were there at the start Some of the movie wasting time maybe it's in there because the movie was going to be three and a half hours long and like everyone's going to have forgotten this so we have to put these dumb flashbacks in to remind everyone what the hell's going on it's the only reason I can think of he's just about which takes too long daydreaming so meanwhile Ambrose and everyone's arc has come up starts shooting at him before he gets to destroy the last gun full of germs I guess they shoot at him he like flies backwards and the gun goes flying and luckily there's a zoom on that gun so we know exactly where it is and that it's still intact thank god yeah so there's a like a big gunfight and then like Luther gets back and he sees Naya's there and Luther gets back and's like oh my god uh she's in the building and he's like yeah thanks I know and also but he's just some consideration because Luther very very nearly just got blown up in his van like they suck a bomb yeah. under it and thank god there was a puddle just under where the timer is so Luther looks at the window and is like oh, a timer it can mean only one thing and jumps out <laughs> grabs a laptop jumps out you gets... don't even see him jump out no because he gets caught in something and he, like the phone box <laughs> random like <laughs> yeah, the Telstra phone box blows up as well <laughs> so Australian yeah so Ethan and Ambrose are talking about their stuff and like, Ambrose like, chucks in a quip about how much he hates having to pretend to be Ethan Hunt because you annoying grin all the time I'm like well you got him there yeah. like Ethan Hunt and Tom Cruise you love grinning a lot Ethan's like well I know you're just an asshole is basically his response uh, Ambrose sends Naya to go get the last gun and like the slowest thing in the world of her slowly getting the gun and like and Ethan's like you know he's just gonna kill you and she's like well what do you want me to do and they're more more talking back and forth and then Naya gets the I guess pretty clever idea like to just save her own skin but also stop Ambrose getting his hand on the thing he needs she actually injects herself and everyone's like no all the plans are ruined and so she goes to ethan and she's like what are you gonna do shoot me dickhead and when 20 million dollars you oh, need me alive 37 yeah 37, oh, 37 million yeah. She goes to Ethan and Ethan's like, why did you do that? And she's like, well, it makes sense, which it does. But it also the escape plan that he has only will get him out. And she realizes that. And she's like, well, you know, the other option is to kill me. And he's like, no, I'm going to fix this. Just stay here. <laughs> Don't get killed, I guess. And I'll be out. So then there's, he blows some more things up and blows a hole in the wall. 
which I guess was his escape plan the whole time. So he leaps out the side of the building. (laughs) And I don't know if it's activated by this, but he, for some reason, he does a little flip in the air and all of a sudden his backpack turns into a parachute. Don't know. I don't know why. Because when I saw him jump out the window, I'm like, wait, have they planned to catch him? I'm like, no, they're in a helicopter. Nah, a couple of loop-de-loops and then the parachute comes out. Yeah, and also, like, they're not high enough for a parachute to work. But anyway, that's how Mission Impossible works for you. Like, he should have just lapel down. It would have made more sense. Yeah, it would have looked cool. But he could have done a flip before he lapel. I don't know. He just found a good that flip in there. And I guess this is where a lot of the flips and karate chops start happening. Oh, yeah. This like, is uh, non nonstop flips and karate chops around from here on in. Guys, just you wait. Uh, so Ethan has gotten out. Ambrose still has Naya, but he can't kill her or do anything to her because, you know, she's just basically a walking petri dish of disgusting, disgusting germs. <laughs> yeah, but he's also knows everything about her. So he's also super not nice to her anymore, which is exciting for her. We are now getting up to the very, very action-y parts of this movie, guys. And oh, just a note I made. So much slow motion. Just so much. Maybe they, maybe he just put lots of stuff back to normal speed and that's how they save some time in this movie. But then I've even written down some notes about like all the reflective filming, like with seeing the timer on the bomb. Oh my God, yeah. And when, so as he's explaining, oh, this is what Ethan Hunt's going to do. He's not going to want to go down through the ground floor and hurt security guards. So as they're doing explaining, you're seeing all him with his thugs walking through the lobby of the building but instead of just filming them they're filming the tiled shiny reflective floor yeah. watching them like can't you just film them or like when at the start when Naya goes to Ambrose the first time in his glasses you can see her perfectly <laughs> in his glasses <laughs> and then oh there's one coming up with fire too some good reflections <gasps> yes so the plan, from what I can ascertain, I stopped running notes here, so I, I may have missed some things, but basically Ethan's going in to this compound thing where Ambrose is meeting with McCloy to exchange the newly acquired virus stuff and the money. Uh, Ambrose is like, I don't just want money. I want all these shares. And basically I want 51% of your company. And McCloy's like, I can't choose to do that. And he's like, well, I have someone infected with the disease who's going to walk around in Sydney and infect everyone around her and he's like oh no and basically he wants he's doing that because if everyone gets it in sydney and then the rest of the world their shares will go up with this company it's the only company that has the antidote but if mccloy doesn't go with him he's like i know other pharmaceutical companies who'll do this for me so he's like uh, rock in a hard place so he, yep that goes through meanwhile ethan's making his way in and there's lots of dramatic things he does like the first guard he sees outside <laughs> he like oh my god so he gets like knocks him down and and then to disable him completely, he does a flip and then his leg lands, just chop on this guy's ribs, which at most may have broken his ribs, but like, it's not going to disable him. Like, and anyway, how then he, he like, do kicks that him down the hill. Big old flip through the air. <laughs> yeah, just a like, huge flip and smack down with his leg on the guy's ribs. And like, okay, well, it was dramatic. And then wasn't he kicks it? him and then he starts rolling down the hill towards a cliff. Yeah, wow, so dramatic. <laughs> so dramatic. Uh, he gets in, like, when he gets in the underground lair thing that the transaction is happening in, like, he comes down and he breaks someone's neck with his knees, except we can see a dollar daylight between the knees and the neck. <laughs> So it was just ridiculous. Just, everything was like fairly tightly choreographed, except that was just like his knees were nowhere near that man's neck. 
Yeah. And, and then like, all of a sudden they introduce a lot of pigeons into this scene. Yeah, there's so many pigeons. Like he runs at one guy and like fly kicks him and there's like a really sweet spinning back kick to knock him out. But like all these pigeons everywhere. I'm like, how many pigeons got like kicked? I was like, yeah. I was genuinely really worried about all these poor pigeons. They're like, ooh, <laughs> Yeah, so he's like disabling all the guards in very dramatic, chippy choppy kind of ways. <laughs> and all this stuff's happening. Um, and then he finally gets to where they are having their meeting. He throws this tube, I don't know if it was dynamite or something. He throws it and they hear this bang at the door. So he like sends the bodyguards out to have a look. And then Ethan shoots it and he goes, Kablamo! And the bodyguards go flying. And pigeons. Go fly, <laughs> and <laughs> oh, and then this is the the greatest shot. So the door's like blown out, and it's all like fire all around it, and like you can see Ambrose's eyes, and the fire fire is reflected perfectly in his eyes. And then all of a sudden, this do- white dove just flies past to all the flames in slow motion. And I- Okay. <laughs> oh, okay, what? Also, where's this white dove from? Because all we have is like common street pigeons. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> this is one beautiful dove. And then Ethan Hunt just walks slow-mo past and just like looks at them and just keeps walking. Old mate, what's his name? Hugh, the uh, South African bad boy. He is like, I'll get him, boss. And so he goes and chases after him. And then they have their big fight. Like he finds, like Ethan's hiding by like doing that hole. He's in a corridor, but he's up. Like towards like, the ceiling. Ceiling, with like his hands, hands and feet on the yeah, side. Like a starfish. And and the reason why he realizes is because the pigeon is just sitting near, sitting nearby, just cooing. No, he's sitting right in front of Ethan's face. Yeah, it's but a just, white pigeon just like looking at him, cooing. But just going, like not in an upset way, but somehow that's like, I don't know, he's like, why is that pigeon making those noises? I must investigate. <laughs> and so Ethan comes swinging out and they have, start having a very dramatic fight, um, lots of just flying kicks. And, and then he pulls a grenade out. Oh, yes. He gets a grenade out. So our favorite thing of, when you realized recently Tim Cruise holding a grenade pin for a moment so that happened uh, he throws that and stuff blows up and the transaction goes through okay while this is happening and Hugh gets onto the radio with Ambrose and is like okay well we've, uh, we've got old mate Ethan Hunt and he's like is he alive he's like more or less and so he takes him in to the thing and like Ethan's all like is pretty messed up um, can't talk he's like oh, he won't say much because pretty sure I broke his jaw and so Ethan's like squirming around and Ambrose is doing his whole like bad guy spiel even McCloy's like what are you doing are you being like this is being super evil and he's like shut up (laughs) and like he shoots him in the knee and like steps on the knee and like he's being really horrible and basically talking about how much he hates Ethan Hunt and why he's doing what he's doing and then he just shoots the shit out of Ethan just kills him and it's like oh okay but he's like well I'm pretty sure there are more Mission Impossible movies is this the end of Ethan Hunt? <laughs> no <laughs> Yeah, um, so remember all that foreshadowing of a sore bandaged finger? (laughs) And do you remember how we keep talking about how they zoom in on random things? (laughs) (laughs) I bet you can guess what happens next. Zoom, and he's like, my best friend. So to break this down, somehow Ethan, it seemed like it was a fairly short amount of time, and it didn't seem like they'd gone that far away from the door as well, but Ethan managed to swap entire outfits with Hugh, and they're not equally sized men. They swapped swapped entire outfits, somehow had a mask of Hugh. Don't know how we got it. Yeah. Had the mask of Hugh, had his voice thing. Yeah, so was able to pretend to be. So while, like, when he's shooting him, he realises Ethan, who is still looking like Hugh, has grabbed the two virus tubes and is a big runner. So 
yeah, he like rips off the mask as he's running and he's wearing all the stuff. So that's where you see him in his hideous leather jacket because that's what and his glasses. Wearing. Oh, the glasses yeah. as well. Oh. And, like, and the reason why Hugh couldn't talk is because he taped him in the mouth. But like, but like that doesn't make sense because the mask is so fitted. Like it wouldn't have. You see the shiny the, like duct tape shining through. Yeah. yeah anyway, one. I don't know how to get the mask. How to get the voice. And how to make it all dirty so. It looks like they've been running around and... Sweating? You're a little sweaty? Yeah. And does Ethan... How many Ethan Hunt masks does Ethan Hunt have on him? Do they have him on all various, like, states of... And his hair, too. Like... Yeah. Yeah, does he got he, like, have different... bags in his backpack? Like, this is the longer hair one. This is short hair one. Me. This is sweaty, dirty me. This is... <laughs> <laughs> They're all stuck, stuck together. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, he runs off. Uh, he tries to do a big flying leap out because the helicopter's waiting for him, but he doesn't quite make it. Someone's shooting at him. He's like, no, just go ahead and clear the bridge for me kind of thing. So he gets out and then suddenly all these bad guys on motorbikes turn up and are like revving and like <laughs> nearly hit, narrowly missing him on their motorbikes. And luckily he manages to knock one of them off. Was it very dramatically how he knocked him off? <gasps> Wait, yeah, because they're all flying like over the top of him. Yeah. And then he shot one of them. And so like the bike kept going and then he got flung backwards because yep. he got shot. Like just so dramatic. And then he grabbed the bike and yeah. Yep. Just... just suddenly now he's in a motorbike. And it was also like, uh, I don't know what sort of motorbike it was, but like uh, more of a Harley sort of style bike instead of like a, you know. Like a cruiser sort yeah. of bike. So really poor choice of bike, but that's, that's what he is. But I guess it went with the leather jacket look and everything. <laughs> I don't know. It really gave me like Arnold Schwarzenegger, like Terminator 2 vibes when he's yeah. on that big bike, had the black glasses, the big black jacket. Yeah, riding that's around. probably what John was like. Man, I love that Terminator 2. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna do that. I am. Uh, there's a motorcycle chase. It's actually, it's actually pretty cool. Like it's a good motorcycle chase. It's when it's one of Tom Cruise's and mo- uh, motorcycle chases everywhere. Like no helmet, just a pair of sunglasses, just whipping his around. Long hair billowing <laughs> in the wind. <laughs> oh god, his long greasy hair. My god. Yeah, so he's getting chased by all these bad guys driving Ford Falcons, which... There was so many, and that's all just looking out for, like, a Ford Falcon me chasing him. Then he'd shoot them, and then they crash, and, like, the car would roll into the off the cliff. And all of a sudden, there's another one. Another <laughs> Falcon. Another, another Falcon, just a different colour. <laughs> exactly the same. Like, if you're Australian, you know, like, 2000, that particular body shape of a Ford Falcon. Mwah, beautiful. <laughs> uh, yeah, he keeps getting chased, and he keeps managing to blow him up. One of them, one of the Falcons gets hit by a big truck. It's a poor bloody truck driver. Fight of his life. Um, oh, yeah, he does, like, a sick burnout down the street. Street. Oh, so he did, like, all this smoke. So he fills up smoke so they can't see him, like just doing this non-stop burnout. And, like, <laughs> do some skiz, uh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Does that for ages. Yeah, it's all it's all really dramatic. Um, some pretty good vice uh, motorcycle stunts, and then all of a sudden Ambrose is following him, and he's on a red cool motorcycle, an actual proper speedy motorcycle too, which makes a lot more sense. But they they um they're chasing each other, and then they finally make it to beach somewhere. Um, I guess I don't know where it is. They don't really ascertain because. Like, I don't know if they're going towards where Naya is meant to be on... Um, must be just somewhere just outside of Sydney. You must have, like, Northern Beaches or something. I don't know. Meanwhile, Luther and Billy have gone off to try and get her because, you know, she's it's getting pretty close to the 20-hour mark where she'll die if she doesn't get the antidote soon. And, yeah, this is, uh, this is where it builds up, guys. So... <laughs> 
the way they get off the motorcycles is very interesting. So like they're they don't on the beach. put the kickstand up. They don't just stop and <laughs> no, have a fist fight or anything. No, they are opposite sides of this beach and they're glaring at each other. And so they're like, mm, we're gonna. I was like, is it gonna be a game of chicken? Who knows? Uh, they start revving, speeding towards each other, and then both of the and they keep showing like how there's petrol leaking on Ethan's leg. Yeah, but nothing really happened. Like, oh, I guess I was trying to set up. Maybe he was gonna try and blow it up. I don't know. Nothing happens there because. As they're nearing each other, they both leap off their motorcycles at the same time, connecting in midair. Their motorcycles go flying everywhere else, and then they're fighting. And they're <laughs> in the sand. And like they learn from loses their gun. And the greatest moment oh in, film, in film history, the gun lands in the sand, and there's the fastest zoom you've ever seen in your life. Doosh! Onto this gun. So they're like, just in case you forgot, there's a gun here. Don't forget this gun. And don't worry, we don't. But we, yeah, it, it comes back, luckily for us. They're fighting and there's lots of flips there's lots of just karate chops chops, some more one of my notes was just saying lots of dumb flips and karate chops then I wrote again so many flips and ugly glasses and four falcons (laughs) (laughs) that's it that pretty much sums it up so they're fighting on the beach and they're very evenly matched because, like I said, Ambrose is pretty much the exact same equivalent of Ethan Hunt, probably has the same love experience and all the exact same skills. So they're very evenly matched. They don't have guns. So Ambrose at one point has a knife and like he has a few slashes of, like, no, not his face. <laughs> Maybe for Tom Cruise's face. Yeah, that keeps going on. Oh, and then there's a good scene where like he slices, Am- um, he slices Ethan's face and he's holding the gun, not the gun, sorry, he's holding the knife right on Ethan. Then all of a sudden they manage to spin around, like roll around, and then the knife is like right. Was it right in Ethan's eye? Yeah, he's holding yeah. it right above. Like it looks like, like a, a zoom in. Obviously, like a zoom in shot of his eye and the knife, like two millimeters away. Yeah, from it. very very close. I hope they CGI that because that looked dangerous. So yeah, lots of lots of fighting. Uh, at one point, Ethan has the knife, and Ambrose is like, "Just do it, just kill me." We're like, "Come on, Ninja Star!" But he doesn't. He just kind of throws it down between his legs and doesn't actually do it. They keep fighting and. At the same time, we see the helicopter landing and Nia's in the back looking absolutely miserable because she the flu is about to kick her ass. Ethan manages to disable Ambrose and like oh he like hit, throws him down and hits his head in a rock and then Ethan's like got his fist up ready to punch the kill shot. Although it looks like Ambrose is dead, but then the, yeah he sees the helicopter and he stops and he's like okay that's enough. And Luther's running out to grab the antidote from Ethan who has a head injury. Luckily he took his leather jacket off before the fighting happened so oh, that the yeah. didn't get smashed in all the fights, which is I guess. That's why he gets paid all the big AMF bucks, I guess. He's about to give it to Luther, and but then Ambrose is alive with a gun, and he's like, "You should have killed me, Ethan." Because I'm like, "You why did you fucking kill him?" He's like, "You should have killed me." I'm like, "Yes, you should have." So Ethan throws Luther the thing because he's like, "Big priority, get Naya, make sure she's not dead." But luckily, hey, remember how we mentioned something about the hilarious zooming in on a gun? Foreshadowing. <laughs> Ethan looks down, he can see the outline of the gun near his feet, <laughs> and somehow, in a way that is physically impossible, he kicks his foot, and the gun comes just flying straight up. <laughs> into his sand, hand. Into his hand. And he turns around and pow, 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 pow. And now Ambrose is definitely dead. And Fanny has her... Uh, what do you call it? Antidote. So we're presuming she hasn't died because his alarm, twenty-hour alarm, hasn't gone off. <laughs> and yeah, that's that's it. Did anything else happen in the end? I don't think so. I was more mesmerized by the whole gun thing, how he kicks it and it goes straight up, straight in the up air. into his hand. Just... And like, I cannot, people, I cannot convey to you how ridiculous that this scene is. Like, it's filmed in that really, I guess, nineties 
Hong Kong action film kind of way, which you know was with Jackie Chan or you know any of those awesome actors, it looks phenomenal. But in this case, it just looks like two white guys doing not proper kung fu at all. And then they'll be doing like all these flying kicks and big flips at ones that are just so over the top that you just think, well, they're obviously on wires. Yeah, it's but just like, so ridiculous. Like this is so out of the order. Yeah, and it's like it's if it'd been a, a theme throughout the whole movie, which it wouldn't have made sense, but at least, you know, you can't just have little bits of it here and there. Like you can't have like crazy kung fu wire work just in little tiny bits and pieces. Like it's either all of it or none mm. kind of thing. So it's it's ridiculous. And like and yeah, straight the scene after, is like like a motorbike chase. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're having like there's just karate chops everywhere everywhere and flying kicks and yeah and just like it's really like i guess you'd say dynamic shots like everything's moving and they keep and they show the same they will show a shot over and over again it's like when they're flying off their motorbikes at each other they show that happening like from underneath and then above above, yeah like every different again and again again and again and again (laughs) (laughs) yeah just they show it repeated so many times so you like you really know what's happening at any one time so yeah it's just it's full-on um if anything else happens at the end i don't remember because i think erin and i were too busy screaming (laughs) (laughs) at the end of it and all those scenes like uh, apologies if we missed anything out at the end there, but basically, yeah, that's a uh, that's Mission Impossible too. So we'll have a discussion of Tom Cruise's. Not a crazy amount. We're starting we're starting to see more of the Mission Impossible famous ones. So uh, like in Mission Impossible One, there was very little running and there was no motorcycle or even car chases. But this one had all of that. So it had car chases and motorcycle chases and like two short runs. Two short runs at the end. He ran a bit, so it wasn't a super Tom Cruisey run either because he didn't. At one point he's running, he kind of stumbles a bit. So like. Yeah, it's um that's not a huge part of it. We got to see the grenade pin, yeah, which was exciting. That's one we only just sort of discovered with a Tom Cruiseism. Uh, Tom the Tom Cruise smile happens because uh, Ambrose cracks the shits at him about it, which is very good. <laughs> yeah, they're probably the main ones that I can think of. Yeah, so, I mean same. stunts. Obviously, Tom Cruise did all his own stunts. I don't know what they did for the going down the tunnel. That would have just have to have been CGI, I think, because I, I mean one I guess Tom Cruiseism is like going down. Like falling down like big shafts or on a string, yeah. Because he does a string, it, yeah. So. Does it on Mission Impossible? He does it in Oblivion. Yep. He does it in Mission Impossible Three. He has when he just between the big building. He does the big swing. Yeah, in yeah, the building. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so he does it parachuting from short distances. He does that in Mission Impossible Three as well, and he parachutes out of the building after getting the rabbit's foot. I'm giving everything away before I've even reviewed that movie. Yeah, so that that is a Tom Cruiseism. Uh, action shots of him jumping out of things and flying, like on jumping strings. and flipping and. Well, flipping, yeah, flipping, not so much the flips he does in this movie. I mean, he can do flips, but none of the flips he was doing was Tom Cruise flips. They were all my work. <laughs> Ridiculous. Like, the most theatrical bloody thing you've ever seen in your life. Um, now, instead of just walking down this sh- for this shot, I want you to flip. <laughs> What's the point? I said flip! Oh, okay. Okay, no, no! <laughs> now, when you're flying out there, we need to make sure that people know you're flying through the air by flipping. Like, but can I just do the parachute? No, flip! <laughs> and so he flips. Yeah, just so many things. So yeah, flips are Tom Cruiseism, but not not usually these kinds of flips. Um, I think that's it. I think that's it for Tom Cruiseisms. Yeah. Well, in that case, shall we rate the movie? Oh yes. Uh, do you have your unit of measurement? Oh, unit? I've got so many that I want to use. I kind of want to hear what you want to use first. Oh, I, don't <laughs> even, I haven't even thought about it. All right, I've got one. I'm going to give this movie. So, I will clarify. This movie wasn't as bad as I remember from watching it compared to all the other Mission Impossibles it sucks however if it was rating it just in general I might give it two or two and a half but because it is a Mission Impossible movie and we're talking about all the Tom Cruise movies I can only give it one and a half incredibly dramatic close-ups of guns out of five (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, what about you? Well, I feel like I was being way too lenient with my <laughs> scoring. <laughs> You're giving it one and a half. So I think I'm going to give it two and a half Ford Falcons <laughs> out of five. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I, I have to review 43, soon to be 44, when Top Gun Maverick comes out. Movies, like, I can't give yeah, it Yeah, and I guess if you're comparing to those sorts of movies. Like, yeah, yeah, especially when I just watched Mission Impossible 3 and Fallout in, like, the last week and a half. So, yeah, it's it's not as, like, I'm, I'm quite impressed, like, it's not as bad as I remember. Like, I had a mate Simon was messaging me about, he's like, oh, you're watching Mission Impossible 2? I actually really liked it. I liked it more than number one. I'm like, are you kidding? He's like, no, no, like, the first one has, like, some things that didn't make really make sense, but the second one was just really fun. I'm like, I can get why people think it's fun. It's just the music sucks. Like, the whole soundtrack is just new metal. It's, it's all over the shop. It's, yeah, and, like, the score, the score would be fine, but then they mix it in with new metal and, like, the Metallica song and we watched the music video. Oh. <laughs> it's so fucking it's so good because it's so bad like it's so, Metallica it's so badly shot as well yeah Metallica pretending that they're Ethan Hunts or different Ethan Hunts <laughs> like one of them is running away like north by northwest with a plane chasing him and like but he's this is it's Kirk Hammett I think it is and he's like he's not a runner so it's very he's awkward. wearing like a long leather trench coat yeah <laughs> his long hair and black glasses yeah, probably he's like oh god why I choose this <laughs> and like one of them is in like Grand Central Station or something being jostled by people walking around him like in like, business suits yeah and he's like looking uncomfortable and gets knocked over a bit and I'm like what like the only one is like Lars who's like the worst member of Metallica <laughs> I think like across the board people would say that and he actually had the best one where he's like running through a building and it looks like he's actually getting like debris flying on him because he's like actually wincing and everything yeah. and like he, he flies out a window for no apparent reasons like, and he yeah he just jumps out of a window because yeah. I was thinking like something was coming out and if it was like a sound wave but just looked like a bunch of wiggly lines coming yep. across the horizon. He's running through the building. I'm like, what are you going to do, mate? Like, c- jump out the building? Yep, you are. Uh, no flips, though. Just, <laughs> just, 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 just fall straight out. out. And also, maybe just see what the lines are going to do because you don't... They, maybe they're harmless. Maybe they just give you a headache. <laughs> like, don't friend. jump out of the building. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, we could probably do a half an hour reviewing that music video, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, don't. If you like new metal, then you probably love the soundtrack. But if you don't, just don't even listen to it. It is... And this, oh, my God. Well, I'm going to put the intro to this song as being the uh, Limp Bizkit theme, so you're all welcome. And you'll have it in your head all day. Oh, God. Jerks. Limp Bizkit, remember them? Uh, yeah, so this movie is a little bit better than expected. If you're going to watch it in a marathon, maybe leave a gap between the first one and the third one. I thought you were about to say, just leave it out. <laughs> you can leave it out. Like, even... Christopher McCrory, who wrote, who's written last couple, last bunch of Mission Impossibles. I was listening to a podcast where he was talking about making Mission Impossible Fallout. He was talking about Ethan's love life and they eventually were like, oh, don't forget Thandie Newton in number two. And he's like, oh yeah. And it's like, it's kind of a thing where they don't, no one really counts number two as a Mission Impossible movie. Like, it's kind of just like, I'm just going to put that over there. Because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense in the whole context of, mm. especially when he's like, oh, and he first meets Thandie character and he's like, my name's Ethan Hunt. Like, he's going to give it all away like that like it's kind of like delivery like I'm Bond James Bond kind of thing yeah like, it's just not, it's not like that like he's not that kind of spy anyway we could talk about this for another four hours but we're not going to <laughs> 
Uh, so one and a half, two and a half. Uh, if you watch it and want to tell me what you think, uh, you can go to my social media, which is Tom Cruise Reviews on Instagram, Tom Cruise Review on Twitter, and TomCruiseReviews.com. Erin, where can we find you on the internet? Um, so you can find me on Instagram, which is Kitty Bling with two Gs at the end. Yeah. Uh, I'll put a link in there for all that stuff anyway. In the meantime, I hope you haven't been enjoying this Mission Impossible thing. We are doing number three next week and we'll catch you then bye